This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals just like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm uh, joined by my guest host today, the lovely Ramon B. How are you, Ramon? I am fantastic, as always. Yeah, it's easier that way. Yes, it is. Now, you know, Ramon knows this, but we always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. I like to call them secret jokes. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if you read this, but North Korea is now claiming to have the world's strongest weapon. North Korea. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, no word on what it is exactly, but they say it did come in a wooden box from the Acme Company. I think <laughs> it may not actually be. I have a feeling it might be a nine-foot sledgehammer that comes out of the box or maybe something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Clank, mm-hmm. one of those giant mousetraps, something like that. Roadrunner and uh, Coyote mm-hmm. kind something of like, it's, it's powered by that Gill- Gilligan's Isle pedaling thing. I know. sense an anvil coming to crash. Ah, uh, hey, you know, that's, but you got to watch out for that. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, having satisfied customers. Now, we have satisfied customers here on the big podcast, don't we? We do indeed, and I am <laughs> one of them. <laughs> there you go. Because I get to enjoy it from this that's side. That's right. By the way, last week we had a guy on, and he was talking about the five hundred dollar a month association fee on mm-hmm. a on a uh, house that was now, built in nineteen fifty nine. I am not in real estate, and even that smelled it's fishy, mm-hmm. a little fishy. And you enjoy sushi, but this is fishy. This was yeah. not a California roll. No, and uh, turns out it was a mobile home, and that was the the lease payment on the. Rental spot now, underneath. It. I I am amazed that you're able to, you know, with a little quick Google search here and. Uh, well, you know what you I know, did? I typed in the Google map. You got the yeah. Googles on your on your computer I got thingy. The Googles, yes. Yeah, so I put it in the Google thingy on the maps, and then I go. That looks like these houses are very long and narrow. <laughs> they weren't the old shotgun. <laughs> it's like a that. hallway with a roof on it, kind gotcha. of thing. So it was just from the Google Maps you said. Turns uh, out it's yeah. containerized living, as I like to call it. Oh, wow. They don't have a door. They have a pop-top, you know. Mm. Well, good and, job on uh, that. That was, uh, I, mean, you know, I, I, was, I was witnessing that. Do a little detective work. Yeah. You, you've got to. So uh, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, some books I read that, when I was in real estate, really, really helped me develop a thing I like to call the referral factory. Too bad we don't have factory bumper music. We should have that someday. <laughs> so many Clang, sound effects. So There'd be an anvil involved. No, I like that. Yeah, because you can't have a factory without the anvil. So uh, uh, so we designed, my partner and I, we designed this thing called the Referral Factory, which was an effort to generate tons of re- – a steady stream of referrals from our very satisfied clients. And you do that by making them very satisfied in the pers- in the first place. So you can do a great job for somebody. You can, uh, you know, every fearless agent 
knows how to do things as a even as a brand new agent that other agents are not able to do. For example, Dave that was on the show last week, uh, he's had his license for six weeks, but he is able to walk up to a stranger listing appointment. In other words, not referred to him, not uh, a family or, or somebody, not a friend, not a past client and uh, get the listing that no other agent is able to get. He is able to uh, get that listed at 7% and keep 4%, which he has done on every one of his listings. Uh, He is able to get a one-year listing, not because he needs it, but because they trust him 100%, and he can. Every one of his sellers begs him to underprice the house on day one, and every... uh, uh, one, and then, of course, he sells every one of them for tens of thousands of dollars more than fair market value, more than the house is worth, more than any other agent could have ever got them. And I'm talking net after all the expenses are paid. And that causes them to love him and s- send him a steady stream of referrals if he does the right thing during that transaction and after it to make the referrals happen. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. So he has a killer fearless agent listing presentation that he loves. He has a killer pricing presentation. He has the for sale by owner presentation. He has the buyer presentation that causes every buyer to eagerly want to meet with him first in his office before he ever uh, signed the buyer broker agreement eagerly before he ever, uh, you know, searches the MLS or shows a single house, um, and they use the lender he recommends. So he's got a killer you know, buyer presentation, and then he's got an investor presentation for real investors with real money, not the fix-and-flip nitwits that went to some con man seminar. So he's never in a face-to-face money-making situation where he doesn't have the exact right words to say. So he feels very confident and very competent and professional, even though he's part-time and he's a chef full-time and he's only had his license for six weeks. So he has higher stats than probably any other agent in his office location of 300 agents. Uh, He's booked five listing appointments a week. Uh, He has uh, all of his listings. He's taken four listings. They're all under contract. And he's, you know, with all that going on, he booked three listing appointments in this last week. So, you know, how how does that happen? Well, he's got the right words to say in every situation on the phone. He knows what to say to get him into these situations. So, so then you get the business. And then what do you do? You want to create a situation where the customer is having this amazing experience and they are raving fans of him the way he is a raving fan of Fearless Agent. So part of it is just doing everything right so that the customer has a good experience. And there's some customers that are never going to have a good experience because they're mentally ill or they're just negative people. And no matter how great a job you do for them, well, you can avoid those people. If you're booking five listing appointments a week, two of them are going to cancel. You'll go on three and you'll get one. But even if you could get two, that second one might but might have been the person who's satanic, you know, nitwit you don't want to do business with, and that's okay. So 
if you get just one one of them a week, that would be my goal for you. If you're full-time, now Dave's doing that part-time, but if you're full-time, that would be my goal. If you are brand new in real estate or a brand new fearless agent and you're doing less than that. So part of how this came about, I went to a uh, seminar and it was uh, put on by a fairly famous real estate coach, uh, not somebody that I would hire. The seminar was entertaining uh, but his business model is he reads a book re- he he reads a book business book and does a book report calls it coaching sells it to you for you know thousands of dollars but but he did recommend a couple of books that uh, kind of en- kind of ended up being life changing for me so one of them was the book the E Myth by Michael Gerber so I always. Uh, I kind of recommend that book. You know, one of the things I do is I, I re- teach real estate company owners how to recruit and producing agents. But as an agent or as a real estate company owner, I recommend that book. And it's and the E in, in the book, the E myth stands for entrepreneurial. So he tells a story about this lady She's this fantastic pie baker. She makes these amazing pies. All her friends says, you, you need to open a bakery, a pie shop. So then she does that. She opens a pie shop. Six months later, she hates her life, never wants to see another pie again as long as she lives. And you, and you know, it's funny. When I was reading that book, I was thinking of my experience. I used to be a professional photographer. Did you know that, Ramon? I do, yeah. And my old saying is the only difference between pornography and art Uh-oh. is lighting. That's true. But the uh, – so I was a uh, photographer. I liked photography. I had a dark room, you know, but I was like, this is in the – my own high school graduation photograph was taken by Matthew Brady. That's how old I am. But anyway, so, uh, uh, so I was into all that, you know, Ansel Adams, all that stuff. And uh, – then I thought, oh, I'm going to turn this into a business. So I did and I, and I ended up uh, photographing – I made most of the money photographing little girls' beauty pageants like uh, JonBenet Ramsey style, right? So and – the, and the customers were very nice. The, sure. the girls were nice. The parents were normal. It's not what you think. I still feel a shiver when you say I that. I know, but they were very talented. You know, They had their little baton twirling grab and all that. But, uh, and now these girls are 40. You know that's so they're Ooh. they're uh, adults now, but uh, but the parents were very nice and everything. But it was not my dream. That was not you know I wanted to go to Yosemite with the view camera and throw the thing over my head and do that whole thing. Um, but it it sucked the life out of me, and I haven't picked up a camera since. I got into real estate. I literally never take photographs ever. Uh, so I kind of had that experience. So the problem was is I didn't have the systems in place to make it profitable like it should have been. It wasn't very profitable. And I don't think I was very great at it either. But um, so that's – it's a book on systems. So I I recommend getting the original E-Myth book, not the one revisited or something. And it might be fine too, but I haven't read it, so I'm not going to recommend it if I I haven't read it. So he talks about in the book how every business has a – metric or a measurable thing, that if you just get that one right, everything else should fall into place. And uh, he gives an example of a liquor store. So he says, you know, if you own a liquor store, 
then that metric might be gross sales per square foot monthly. So if you can make that go up, you could do some other things wrong and that's going to be, you know, it's going to be workable. So I did not have that in my photography business. Now, in the real estate business, it is the uh, number of listing – if you're a listing-only agent or mostly agent, it would be number of listing appointments scheduled per week. That's your metric. So you want that to be, if you're full-time, five scheduled per week. If you schedule five listing appointments a week, it would not be unusual – or um, horrifying in any way, if two of them were to cancel, then you'd go on three. And if you only listed one of the three, you'd be taking a listing a week. So let's say an agent has an average, like Dave did, we did this with him, he has an average $200,000 sales price. Well, if he takes a listing at 7% and keeps four, he's going to end up with $10,000 as his gross close commissions, and if he does 40 of those in a year, which is one a week and you get to take eight weeks off for Christmas and your birthday and all that other stuff, so uh, then he would make $400,000 gross and if half of that went to the split and the write-offs and the gas in your car and the insurance and all the money you blew on crappy marketing that you regret – then it would be $200,000 net taxable income like it's a salary job with a company car. So that metric is works this way. Let's say I talk to an agent on the phone for the very first time. They call me for a complimentary coaching call, which I recommend all of you do. If any of the stuff we talk about on this show – Wait a minute. Is this one of those shameless plugs? Yeah. Time for Bob Leffler's Shameless Plug. We bought it. We might as well use it. Might as well use it. You pay a buck for that. (laughs) Okay. So uh, if any of the stuff we talk about on the podcast makes sense to you and you're – first of all, you should get yourself checked out. (laughs) If any of this makes sense and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are also open to the idea of having some help with that, and you would like to learn more about fearless agent coaching. I I will tell you what I never do. When somebody calls me, I never close them. I never say – no one's ever going to follow up and say, hey, you need to invest in yourself if you don't sign up. We don't do that. We don't have to do that. So, But you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810, which is my cell phone. And let's just see if what you're trying to do and uh, what we do here at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, you are going to get rich by realtor standards. So I love talking to realtors. I don't want you to think I'm, you know, you're going to bother me or anything. Please don't email me. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's just a bad habit in sales. Don't text me. Always call me at 480-385-8810. And uh, you can also visit fearlessagent.com, watch our free webinar. If you go to the speaking page, there's about a 25-minute excerpt from a two-day event that that's there that would be helpful. Uh, watch that video. But uh, go to the video training page. You can listen to all the episodes of our podcast. But my guarantee is that all the free stuff 
we provide at Fearless Agent will be much better coaching by far than you would get from any other coach in America, no matter how much money you paid them. So we are here for you, and uh, go to fearlessagent.com to check that out. And, and again, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. So, the, so let's say that somebody calls me for a coaching call, and they say, Bob, I, wanna, I have a goal of I want to make $200,000 net taxable income next year. Or they say, my goal is to make $400,000 gross close commissions. Or my goal is to do 40 listing appointments in the next 12 months. Uh, none of that, none of that, not one bit of that is going to happen. None of those things will ever happen if you don't schedule five listing appointments a week. So that's that magic metric. That's that system. So you have to have the right skills, the right schedule, and the right systems in place to make sure you're booking five listing appointments a week. Because if that happens, you don't have to worry. That other stuff will happen. But if you focus on the goal, so setting big goals is not the secret. It's breaking it down to little menial tasks that you do every day that guarantees that that goal will be hit because you're not going to hit your goals if you don't do the boring little stuff. That system has to be in place. So so that was a life-changing book for me. So, And, and let's say you're a real estate uh, company owner. And you're like in, a, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to meet with a couple of real estate company owners. And, uh, you know, their goal is to recruit producing agents. In fact, one of them is a uh, lender and he wants to recruit producing loan officers. So they have to have a similar metric. OK, so for a company owner, it would be the gross average monthly company dollar per agent. So when that number is going up and the agent count is also going up, you can't help but get rich. It's just that simple. But all these other recruiting coaches tell you how to do all kinds of crazy stuff that never works because they haven't figured out that simple formula. The gross average monthly company dollar per agent has to go up at the same time the agent count is going up. And it's just that simple. So these little that little e myth metric is is a great thing. So then you put these systems in place, and then I, I read the book Raving Fans. Uh, now I can't think of read this. So you can Google to see who who wrote the book Raving. It's the one minute everything guy. What the heck is his name? I can't think of it. So it's a book on customer service. It's like these little parables or stories. Very thin book, you know. And I like very thin books, don't you? I do. I'm more of a pamphlet guy myself. I picked up a great book the other day, and uh, it was because it was on top of the remote. You know, I had to get the there. <laughs> I'm not a big book guy, but if it's on the remote, I'm going to pick it up. The book Raving Fans, is it by uh, Ken Blanchard? Dr. Ken Blanchard, there you go. who, by the way— we are sitting next to the hotel that used to be the Ritz-Carlton where I saw him speak a number of years ago with Jerry Colangelo, the CEO of the Phoenix Suns. You remember Jerry Colangelo? I do, yeah. 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 So he gave a little talk. It was, it was wonderful. But um, so I take the stuff from the book The Raving Fans 
take the system stuff from the book The E-Myth and then I combined them and came up with what I call the referral factory. Now, the referral factory is this system that you put in place where you don't have to think and it causes you to get a steady stream of referrals from your very satisfied customers. So you can just write these down, little checklists. So you have different types of customers. You've got a seller, you've got a buyer, you have investors, and you have persons who have referred you business, referrers, but they um, have never been a seller, a buyer, or investor of yours. And then you have repeat sellers, repeat buyers, repeat investors, and repeat referrers. And then you have um, both, you know, people who are both a seller and a buyer. You have people that are sellers and a buyers and they are investors. So you'd need a slightly different checklist uh, in place for those things. So there's two parts of the checklist that I designed for my real estate business. So one part is the administrative part, which is the mundane things. These things have to be signed. These documents have to be recorded. The lockbox has to get hung. The the sign has to get put up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Photographs have to be done maybe. Um, you have to enter it into the MLS. That's the mundane stuff. But then there's these other things that are raving fan generating events, if you want to call them that, or things that you do. So it's kind of an e I, I looked at it as an event-driven system. So I called it a launch. So the launch would be a series of actions that happen to my customer, and it would be a call, it would be a letter, it would be a gift, it would be a card, it would be something, some little action that would make them if it all added together into a raving fan. So if you look at – we'll just take one as an example, the seller. So if, if you're, if you're going to take a listing, there's things that happen in a certain order. So the seller events would be, number one, I would schedule the listing appointment. Uh, the second event would be I would attend that listing appointment or it could have been rescheduled. And then I would attend it. So appointment scheduled, perhaps rescheduled. Uh, like let's say I found out that the husband and the wife weren't both going to be there uh, or they had called and said, oh, well, my wife can't make it or my husband can't make it. Then I'd reschedule when they could both be there. Then I'm attending that appointment. Then it's either going to be listed or not listed yet or it's a bad fit. But so the outcome of that appointment attended means it's listed. So then a launch goes or it's not listed yet, but I booked another appointment to come back. And then the other one says, I never want to see or hear from these people again as long as I live. So that's a bad fit. And then, uh, then the launches can stop. And then it's under contract after it's listed. It's under contract but not yet closed. Then there's close of escrow or closing date. And then there's the anniversary of the closing. So all of those things would launch. That would be the trigger that would launch a series of, you know, calls, letters, gifts, cards, different things. And that's going to be that system 
that creates that seller to be a raving fan of mine. So when an appointment is scheduled, what I did is – now, originally, I would just go. You know, uh, One thing I would never do is call to confirm the appointment. That is certain death. That would be a, a, that would be a cancellation of appointment uh, generator, I would say. So fearless agents don't call to confirm. But I would send or deliver a letter confirming the date, the time, and the place of our meeting. It would be inserted, folded into my, you know, kind of five by seven opens up to um, five by seventeen um, snappy four color brochure. When I had that, and then. Uh, you know, it would be mailed if I would had set the appointment out a week and a half. They'd have time to get that. If not, it would be delivered by one of my assistants or me personally. I could drop it by if I was wearing a suit, not looking like a homeless guy. Uh, so that would happen before I get there. Then I would also immediately order fairy tale brownies. If you go to brownies.com, so every time I booked an appointment, I'd go to brownies.com and fairy tale brownies would be delivered to their house. It would have a little card, custom card inside uh, just for them. And, you know, it would take 10 minutes to do that and 50 bucks at that, at that, in those days. I don't know what it would cost today. Probably less today. Um, so they're not going to cancel the appointment uh, I noticed I was getting a lot of appointments would cancel before I'd get to go. Once I started sending them brownies, they didn't cancel the appointment because they felt somewhat guilty. So then I show up and the reason people cancel the appointment is they talk to people and say, hey, we're thinking about selling our house. I've, I've, I'm going to be meeting with a realtor and then the person they're talking to says, oh, my daughter just got a real estate license and then that's how that appointment gets canceled. So the brownies fix that. Then I go on the appointment and then when I leave the appointment, let's say I got the listing, when I leave the appointment with the listing, then a series of things happen again and uh, you know, people get buyer's remorse sometimes after they list their house. So one thing that's going to keep that from happening is it's immediately going to be active in the MLS that very night. Now, when they say, oh, we want to clean up before people come over, I go, no, no. No, we're not going to clean anything up. We're not going to paint anything. We're not going to rearrange furniture. We're not going to throw anything out. We're going to not make people wait or stand in line to hand you money. Anything any day you wait to put it on the market um, is a disaster. So I just had somebody that's a friend of mine take a listing and uh, she waited to put it on the market because the seller wanted to get the carpet cleaned. Now, the carpet is old lady, hideous carpet that people are going to rip out anyway. So it wouldn't matter. The people that rip it out probably don't even want carpet. They might want something else. So while she's waiting a day, I notice there's one active just like it, a little bit better in the exact same neighborhood that's active. It's been one day on the market. Well, the the buyer who would rather buy hers because it does have a better location um, 
is not going to know it's for sale because she's screwing around waiting to clean the carpets. It's invisible to the world's best buyer that's willing to pay the most. So rule of thumb, never make people stand in line or wait to hand you money. So immediately get it listed because if you wait, the seller says, oh, I signed the listing. Now these four days are going by while supposedly staging is happening, photographs are being taken, but the seller thinks nothing's happening. And, and of course, nothing is happening. It could have already been under contract at a much higher price because the right buyer came the very next day. So screwing around to putting it on the market is insane. And by the way, if you want to know what's insane, look what every other agent in your whole company is doing. Look at what the title reps are recommending that you do. Look at what the lenders are recommending that you do. Look at what the real estate industry, look at what the managers of real estate offices are doing because all those people were failed agents and that's how they got in those positions. So never do what the industry, all the other agents are doing or being taught to do. Do the opposite. Then you're a fearless agent. Then you're making way more money. So after it's listed, it's in the market. It's on the market immediately. A series of letters would go out uh, to keep them happy. Uh, you know, don't do this. Don't worry. Relax. You know, send them send them some Starbucks gift cards or something like that. Then, when it's under contract, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, that's right, home inspection. So, don't say, oh, everything's going to be fine. Uh, no, nothing's going to be fine. There's going to be a home inspection. There's going to be all kinds of, uh, you know, if you're a non-fearless agent, you have repairs that are done. No fearless agent would ever allow their seller to make a single repair. But if you're a non-fearless agent, that happens. So we just warned the seller about all the possible problems rather than saying, oh, nothing's going to go wrong. So we're constantly under-promising and grossly over-delivering. And then I've, I also forgot at the appointment, when you're attending the appointment, we're estimating the net that that's going to be on the check that I'm going to hand them. Well, the actual check that I'm handing them is way more money than that, so they're pleasantly surprised. And then at close of escrow, they get that bigger, much bigger check than they were expecting. And that's the time for me to ask for referrals. I give them a $200 Home Depot gift card. And then on the anniversary of their closing, I'm asking them for referrals or a testimonial and giving them movie tickets. So, you know, I just did the seller one, but we had one of those systems for everything. The assistants made it happen. I didn't have to think. And then that generated a steady stream of referrals. So if you just do, you know, little systems, put it in place. So I do recommend those two books, uh, among others. And uh, once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. If you can, please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you saw it. Until next week, do what we always do as Fearless Agent. We always have fun. Or always stay humble. After you have these amazing skills, don't get all full of yourself. Stay humble. But most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. All right.